Volume two, chapter thirteen of the Widow Barnaby by Francis Milton Trollope. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter thirteen. The acquaintance ripens into friendship. Useful information of all sorts. An excellent method of talking French attended with little labor and certain success. A collector, a sale room, a peer of the realm. The visit of Miss Morrison, which quickly followed, was long and confidential mrs barnaby very condescendingly explained to her all the peculiar circumstances of her position which rendered her the most valuable friend in the world and also the most eligible match extant for a man of rank and fortune but all these latter particulars were communicated under the seal of secrecy never upon any account to be alluded to or mentioned to any one and in return for all this miss morrison gave the widow a catalogue raisonne of the most marriageable men at present in cheltenham together with the best accounts of their rent-rolls and expectancies that it had been in the power of pertinacious questionings to elicit but it would be superfluous to narrate this part of the conversation at length as the person and affairs of many a goodly gentleman were canvassed therein who as they never became of much importance to mrs barnaby can be of none to those occupied by the study of her character and adventures there were other points however canvassed in this interview which were productive of immediate results and one of these was the great importance of attending the sales by auction which sometimes preluded by soft music and always animated as they went on by the most elegant conversation occupied the beau monde of cheltenham for many hours of every day your descriptions are delightful miss morrison exclaimed the animated widow i could almost fancy myself there already and go i will constantly you may depend upon that and i want to consult you about another thing miss morrison there's my niece you know the little girl you saw at breakfast do you think it would be quite the thing to make her leave her books and lessons and all that to waste her time at the sales and besides baby as she is she gets more staring at than i think at all good for her je n'en doute pas replied miss morrison for she is divinely handsome c'est tout beau t'es parfaite as they say at paris and my belief is that if you wish to be the fashion at cheltenham the best thing you can do is to let her be seen every day and all day long that face and figure must take c'est clair mrs barnaby fell into a reverie that lasted some minutes that she did wish to be the fashion at cheltenham was certain but the beauty of agnes was not exactly the means by which she would best like to obtain her wish she had hoped to depend solely on her own beauty and her own talents but she was not insensible to the manifest advantage of having two strings to her bow and as the ambition which made her determined to be great was quite as powerful as the vanity which made her determined to be beautiful the scheme of making agnes a partner in her projects of fascination and conquest was at least worthy of consideration i must think about it miss morrison she replied there is no occasion to decide this minute why do too said miss morrison i always like myself to walk round a thing as i call it before i decide to take it besides my dear madam a great deal depends upon knowing what is your principal object beaucoup de pont de cela if you intend to be at all the parties to be marked with a buzz every time you enter the pump-room the ball-room or the sales i would say dress up that young lady in the most elegant and attractive style possible and you will be sure to succeed pas le moindre doute de cela but if on the other hand your purpose is to marry yourself c'est autre chose and you must act altogether in a different way i understand you my dear miss morrison perfectly replied the widow 
greatly struck by the sound sense and clear perception of her new friend and i will endeavour with the most perfect frankness to make you understand all my plans for i feel sure that you deserve my full confidence and that nobody can be more capable of giving me good advice the truth is miss morrison that i do wish to marry again my fortune indeed is ample enough to afford me every luxury i can wish for but a widowed heart my dear miss morrison a widowed heart is a heavy load to bear where the temper like mine is full of the softest sensibility and all the tenderest affections therefore as i said it is my wish to marry again but god forbid i should be weak and wicked enough to do so in any way unbecoming my station in society a station to which i have every right as well from birth as fortune no attachment however strong will ever induce me to forget what i owe to my family and to the world and unless circumstances shall enable me rather to raise and debase myself in society i will never whatever my feelings may be permit myself to marry at all croyez-moi vous avez raison chère dame exclaimed miss morrison such being the case resumed the widow it appears to me evident that the first object to be attended to is the getting into good society and if in order to obtain it i find it necessary to bring forward agnes willoughby it must certainly be done especially as her singing is much more remarkable i believe than even the beauty of her person et, et possible said miss morrison joyfully then in that case chere amie there is nothing in the world of any sort or kind that can prevent your being sought out and invited to every fashionable house in the place an ugly girl that sings well may easily get herself asked wherever she chooses to go but a beautiful one avec her talon semblable may not only go herself but carry with her as many of her friends as she pleases really said mrs barnaby thoughtfully this is a great advantage and you feel sure miss morrison that if i make up my mind to bring her forward this will be the case oh oui replied her friend confidently c'est un fait certain there is no doubt about it and if you will i am ready to make you a bet of five guineas play or pay that if you contrive to make her be seen and heard once you will have your table covered with visiting cards before the end of the week non doutez pas well we must consider about it miss morrison but i should like i think to go first to some of these crowded places that you talk about without her just to see that is if you would be kind enough to go with me most certainly i will replied miss morrison avec le plus grand plaisir suppose we go to the sales-room this morning there is a vast variety of most useful and beautiful things to be sold to-day and as they always go for nothing you had better bid a little it is thought stylish and must certainly draw attention said mrs barnaby with vivacity you are quite right say ça and it is just about time to get ready all our gentlemen will be there you may be sure and perhaps you know some one of them may join us which is a great advantage for nothing makes women look so much like nobody as having no man near them as to marriage i don't think of it for myself j'ai pris mon parti but i confess i do hate to be anywhere without the chance of a man's coming to speak to one mais il faut mettre mon chapeau au revoir mrs barnaby now found herself at last obliged to confess she did not understand her of course i know french perfectly she said but as i have never been in the country and not much in the habit of speaking it even at home i cannot always follow you i would give a great deal miss morrison to speak the language as beautifully as you do 
it is a great assistance in society certainly replied miss morrison very modestly but i do assure you that it is quite impossible for anybody in the world to speak it as i do without being in the country and taking the same incessant pains as i did as to learning it from books it is all nonsense to think of it how in the world is one to get the accent and pronunciation but i must say that i believe few people ever learned so much in so short a time as i did i invented a method for myself without which i should never have been able to speak as i do i never was without my pencil and paper in my hand and i wrote down almost every word i heard in such a manner as that i was able to read it myself without asking anybody the english of it all i got easily afterwards for almost everybody understands me when i read my notes according to my own spelling especially english people and these translations i wrote down over against my french which i call making both a grammar and dictionary entirely of my own invention and i have often been complimented upon it i assure you and i am sure you well deserve it i never heard anything so clever in my life replied mrs barnaby but how soon shall we begin our walk now directly if you please i will go and put on my hat that was what i said to you in french il faut mettre mon chapeau mrs barnaby then repaired to her toilette and having done her very utmost to make herself as conspicuously splendid and beautiful as possible turned to agnes who was still writing in her dark corner and said you had better finish what you are about agnes and i hope it is something that will improve you i am going out with miss morrison on business and if the evening is fine i will take you a walk somewhere or other agnes again blessed their rencontre with this valuable new friend and saw the satin and feathers of her aunt disappear with a feeling of great thankfulness that she was spared the necessity of attending them on leaving mrs barnaby mr alexander pringle paid a visit to his good friend and patient lady elizabeth norris the aunt of colonel hubert who as usual was passing a few weeks of the season at cheltenham as much for the sake of refreshing her spirits by the variety of its company as for the advantage of taking a daily glass of water at its spring the worthy apothecary was as useful by the information and gossipings he furnished on the former subject as by his instructions on the latter and was invariably called in the day after her ladyship's arrival however perfect the state of her health might be and given moreover to understand that a repetition of a professional visit would be expected at least three times a week during her stay he now found the old lady sitting alone for sir edward and lady stephenson who were her guests were engaged in one of their favourite morning expeditions exploring the beautiful environs of the town a pleasure which they enjoyed as uninterruptedly as the most sentimental newly married pair could desire as by a strange but very general spirit of economy few of the wealthy and luxurious visitants of cheltingham indulge themselves in the expense of a turnpike so pringle you are come at last are you said lady elizabeth i have been expecting you this hour the stephensons are off and away again to the world's end in search of wild flowers and conjugal romance leaving me to my own devices a privilege worth little or nothing unless you can add something new to my list here for next wednesday perhaps i may be able to assist your ladyship returned her esculapius that is provided lady stephenson knows nothing about it for i fear she has not yet forgiven my introduction of mr myrtle and the two mrs tompkins stuff and nonsense what does it signify now she is married and out of the way what animals i get into my menagerie but i don't think pringle that you are half such a clever truffle dog as you used to be what a time it is since you have told me of anything new upon my word my lady it is not my fault replied the apothecary laughing 
i never see or hear anything abroad without treasuring it in my memory for your ladyship's service and i am now come expressly to mention a new arrival at the blank which appears to promise well i rejoice is it male or female female my lady and there are two of the same species and the same race decidedly not but the contrast produces a very pleasant effect and moreover though infinitely amusing they are quite comme il faut i understand the elder lady is sister to mrs peters of clifton mr pringle then proceeded to describe his visit to mrs barnaby and did justice to the florid style of her beauty dress and conversation but when he came to speak of the young girl who was vouée au noir and of her aunt's pertinacious resolution that she should take the waters and be treated as an invalid notwithstanding the very excellent state of her health the old lady rubbed her hands together and exultingly exclaimed good admirable you are a very fine fellow pringle and have hit this off well why man i saw your delightful widow this morning at the pump rouge ringlets and all i saw her taste the waters and turn sick and now because she must have a reason for showing herself at the pump she is going to make the poor girl drink for her capital creature i understand it all poor little girl and so the widow wants acquaintance does she i offer myself my drawing-room shall be open to her pringle and now how can i manage to get introduced to her you will not find that very difficult lady elizabeth depend upon it i will undertake to promise for this mrs barnaby that she will be visible wherever men and women congregate at the ball for instance to-morrow night does your ladyship intend to be there certainly and if she be there i will manage the matter of introduction with or without intervention and so obtain this full-blown peony for my show on wednesday next whilst fate and mr pringle were thus labouring in one quarter of the town to bring mrs barnaby into notice she was herself not idle in another in her exertions to produce the same effect the sale-room to which the experienced miss morrison led her was already full when they entered it but the little difficulty which preceded their obtaining seats was rather favourable to them than otherwise for as if on purpose to display the sagacity of that lady's prognostications two of the gentlemen who had made part of their company at breakfast not only made room for them but appeared well disposed to enter into conversation and to offer every attention they could desire mr griffiths if i mistake not said miss morrison bowing to one of them i hope you have been quite well sir since we met last year give me leave to introduce mr griffiths mrs barnaby i am happy to make your acquaintance said the gentleman bowing low your young friend whom i saw with you this morning is not here is she no sir replied mrs barnaby in the most amiable tone imaginable the dear girl is pursuing her morning studies at home introduce me griffiths whispered his companion mr patterson mrs barnaby mr patterson miss morrison and a very social degree of intimacy appeared to be immediately established oh what a lovely vase exclaimed mrs barnaby what an elegant set of candlesticks cried miss morrison as the auctioneer brought forward the articles to be bid for which being followed by a variety of interesting observations on nearly all the people and nearly all the goods displayed before them afforded mrs barnaby such an opportunity of being energetic and animated that more than one eyeglass was turned towards her producing that reciprocity of cause and effect which is so interesting to trace for the more the gentlemen and ladies looked at her the more mrs barnaby talked and laughed 
and the more mrs barnaby talked and laughed the more the gentlemen and ladies looked at her flattered fluttered and delighted beyond measure the eyes of the widow wandered to every quarter of the room and for some time every quarter of the room appeared equally interested to her but at length her attention was attracted by the almost fixed stare of an individual who stood in the midst of a knot of gentlemen at some distance but nearly opposite to the place she occupied can you tell me sir who that tall stout gentleman is in the green frock coat with lace and tassels that one who is looking this way with an eyeglass the gentleman with red hair returned mr patterson to whom the question was addressed yes that one rather sandy but a very fine-looking man that is lord mucklebury mrs barnaby he is a great amateur of beauty and upon my word he seems exceedingly taken with some fair object or other in this part of the room the sight of land after a long voyage is delightful rest is delightful after labour food after fasting but it may be doubted if either of these joys could bear comparison with the emotion that now swelled the bosom of mrs barnaby this was the first time to the best of her knowledge and belief that she had ever been looked at by a lord at all and what a look it was no passing glance no slight unmeaning regard directed first to one and then to another beauty but a long steady direct and unshrinking stare such as might have made many women leave the room but which caused the heart of mrs barnaby to palpitate with a degree of ecstasy which she had never felt before no not even when the most admired officer of a new battalion first fixed his looks upon her in former days and advanced in the eyes of all the girls to ask her to dance for no lord anything had ever done so and thus the fulness of her new-born joy while it had the vigorous maturity of ripened age glowed also with the early brightness of youth it might indeed have been said of mrs barnaby at that moment that like mrs malaprop and the orange-tree she bore blossom and fruit at once one proof of the youthful freshness of her emotion was the very naive manner in which it was betrayed she could not sit still her eyes rose and fell her head turned and twisted her reticule opened and shut and the happy man who set all this going must have had much less experience than my lord mucklebury if he had not immediately perceived the effect of himself and his eyeglass could mrs barnaby have known at that moment the influence produced by the presence of miss morrison she would have wished her a thousand fathoms deep in the ocean for certain it is that nothing but her well-known little quizzical air of unquestionable cheltenham respectability prevented the noble lord from crossing the room and amusing himself without the ceremony of an introduction in conversing with the sensitive lady whose bright eyes and bright rouge had drawn his attention to her as it was however he thought he had better not and contented himself by turning to his ever useful friend captain singleton and saying in a tone the familiarity of which failed not to make up for its imperiousness singleton go and find out who that great woman is in the green satin and pink feathers there's a good fellow mrs barnaby did not hear the words but she saw the mission as plainly as my lord mucklebury saw her and her heart thereupon began to beat so violently that she had no breath left to demand the sympathy of her friend under circumstances so pregnant with interest but though she hardly knew where she was nor what she did she still retained sufficient presence of mind to mark how the obedient envoy addressed himself and alas in vain first to one lounger and then to another who all replied by a shake of the head which said with terrible distinctness i don't know gracious heaven how provoking 
murmured mrs barnaby as she pressed her delicately gloved hand upon her heart to still its beating he will leave the room without finding out my name had she been only a few hours longer acquainted with mr patterson it is highly probable she would have desired him if asked by the little gentleman in black so actively making his way through the crowd what her name was just to have the kindness to mention that it was barnaby but though very civil mr patterson was rather ceremonious and the unsuccessful messenger had returned to his lord and delivered all the shakes of the head which he had received condensed into one before she could resolve on so frank a mode of proceeding for a few moments longer however the amused nobleman continued his fascinating gaze and then giving a signal with his eye to singleton that it was his pleasure to move that active personage cleared the way before him and the fat viscount with his hands in his waistcoat pockets stalked out of the room but not without turning his head and giving one bold final open-eyed steady look at the agitated widow that man is my fate she softly whispered to her soul as the last frog on the hinder part of his coat had passed from her eye and then like the tender convolvulus when the sunbeam that reached it has passed away she drooped and faded till she looked more like a sleeping picture of mrs barnaby than mrs barnaby herself do you not find the room very close miss morrison said she after enduring for a minute or two the sort of vacuum that seemed to weigh upon her senses point du tout replied miss morrison speaking through her nose which was one method by which she was wont to convey the true parisian accent when she desired that it should be particularly perfect point du tout mrs barnaby however i am quite ready to go if you like it for i don't think i shall buy anything this morning and i don't see many acquaintance here mrs barnaby immediately rose the two civil gentlemen made way for them and the widow followed by her friend walked out a more pensive though not perhaps a less happy woman than when she walked in End of chapter 13